257 teams from around the world assemble for this highly competitive engineering palooza. Four days of testing, tweaking, and competing for the ultimate goal, successfully mining Lunar Regulus Simulant and taking home the coveted Joe Cosmo Award for Excellence in NASA's third annual Lunabotics Mining Competition. This year was the biggest and most successful Lunabotics mining competition so far. 57 teams from around the world competed to see who could mine the most regular during the two runs in the Lunar Arena. Although the mining award was the most sought after prize, there were many other awards given out this year. The Polytechnic Institute of New York University came in third place in the Team Spirit competition, but also won the Judges Innovation Award, and here is why. Wow, that's, that's pretty bold. Whoa, oh. Not sure what happened there. Um, I think they're going to try to push themselves up. Oh, the unbelievable. <laughs> yes. That's one of the better recoveries we've seen today. Absolutely. And throughout the competition, too. That, that was pretty impressive. I'm about ready for that thing to stand up and make its way outside of the Lunar <laughs> Arena. <laughs> <laughs> for a second, I thought it was going to transform. I heard that you know, sound effect. I thought it was going to get up and, uh, you know, be a Decepticon or something. Oh, boy. They are going for the gusto. They are. I, I, I really respect what they're doing here. We're seeing 10 on the scale, but that's unofficial. We're going to have to wait for the judge's ruling. But good job to Polytech University of NYU with a dramatic run literally falling down, getting up, walking again, collecting regolith, and delivering. You were trying to get a max dump there. What was your strategy? Well, the strategy was we figured we can't really win anymore based on the scores. So we figured we want a proof, proof of concept on the vehicle, the fact that it could pick up a lot, and we have done it in practice before. Unfortunately, we flipped. I'm pretty sure we had at least you know, 40 to 50 kilos in our drum when we flipped. We saw you actually lift your drum up kind of deep in the arena. What went on there? I think what happened is the guys were trying to drive and they ended up hitting a rock. So they tried to power through it and when they finally did get loose, it just revved it up and it ended up flipping. And the second time they flipped was because from the previous flip, you, we used our drum as a counterweight. So you're able to actually maneuver the center mass to bring, bring yourself back over. But then when they drove forward, they forgot to lower it and they ended up flipping again. So you just had to do the maneuver again. Team Robocall from Universidad de Los Andes of Colombia won the award for the best use of social media third place in the best presentation award and first place in the most delicious beverage and best looking t-shirt award sponsored by the co-host. Robocall is the only reason that I'm here webcasting today because of the caffeine pumping through my veins that they have provided. And as you can see, I'm decked out in, uh, I don't know how to describe this shirt, except that it's a small. Well, we're here with Team Robocall, and I gotta tell you, I, I love you guys. Yeah. All week, you guys have been giving me coffee and coming by the set and just encouraging me, and I feel like uh, I haven't done a good enough job encouraging you. We love your robot, really proud of what you've done. Tell us about how you feel having this experience at uh, Lunabotics 2012. It didn't go well, but we are happy. We are here, we make a great job. We work the whole year. We want to say thank you to our university, our families, all the people who support us, because that's why we are here. And we now know what the problem is, and I'm pretty sure we're going to be back the next year, and we will do a great, great job, and we will win the competition. Is there anything you want to say to your tons of fans back home? Because they're watching online, all yeah. of them. Thanks to everyone who has supported us. 
and it's an experience and we'll start to work on next Monday. <laughs> so for the coming next year. Hi, I'm Seth Brodinelli from uh, Montana State. This is uh, Montana State's third year in the competition. The robot behind me is a Montana L Autonomous Lunar Excavator. And um, this is fun. A big portion of the competition are the system engineering papers that are written by each team prior to competing. And this year's system engineering paper award went to Montana State University, whose semi-autonomous robot was thrilling to watch. These students, they worked eight, nine months on this thing, and they saw it work perfectly the first run. So now it's more for uh, trying to win. Uh, their, their engineering skills were shown the first time, now we're going for the win. Was there ever a point in the process where you were willing to go, or you guys explored the options of full autonomy? Oh, we worked on the full autonomy from the beginning. That was our plan. And we got digging um, done, and the only thing we couldn't get, we just never got it to dump successfully. We missed the bin, or we just, there were just items that happened, and, and then we ran out of time. But we got close, and, and I really think next year, depending on the rules, depending on things, I think we could get full autonomy. Now, we did have some questions from our audience about autonomy. They wanted to know how you would stop the robot at the end of the competition. Would it work on well, a timer? No, we have an Xbox controller, and when we hit the button on the Xbox controller, it goes into autonomous mode. And when we want to take it out, we can just hit the button again, and then we have full control over it. We Very do good. that now in, in semi-autonomous. Okay. We get it lined up where we need to go, where we want it to go. We hit the button. It goes through the minefield, uh, what I call the minefield. The yeah, yeah. obstacle course, it goes yeah. through that um, semi-autonomously. When it crosses that line and we see the person inside the pit drop his arm, then we hit the button again and take it out. But there is a delay in there. When you're in the control room, when the guy drops his arm, it's about two seconds before you see it in the control room. Interesting. So there is a slight delay. It might not be quite two seconds, but it's a slight delay. And you have to kind of predict to be able <laughs> to make sure you can stop your robot in time before you take out a wall or something. Now, what was the ruling yesterday as far as getting across the second orange line? Does the entire rover have to be past that mark okay. to start digging? Those lines are, are used for different purposes. When they evaluate semi-autonomous use of the robot, that, that area between the orange lines is where they must be operating semi-autonomously. So in that case, uh, you can control the robot once they're beyond the orange line on either side. However, as far as excavation is concerned, if you're not dealing with autonomy, all you need to do is make sure you are digging on the, on the other side of the line. So okay. the whole robot doesn't necessarily have to pass, but all excavation has to be done across the orange line. John Brown University was an early front runner in the mining competition, and although they did not place, they did come in third for their outreach project and second for their systems engineering paper. They're spending an awful lot of time in the collection area, and I know that that's a strategy, but you more than doubled your first round's performance. Our whole system design was for a few number of trips across. Um, our bin holds uh, right around, well, it holds 77 kilograms. We were topping it out. Um, <laughs> you know, I think even more than having a number, it was it performed the way they wanted it to do. You know, and so you start off in August, and you, you say, this is what we want to do, and you come here and you do it. You know, what... Um, that's, well, kind of the re that's the reward in you, of itself. You can hear the reward. Now, I, I was looking at your excavator right here. You have uh, a couple battle scars here. What's, what's What happened? We just dug in pretty good there. I th I'm not sure exactly what happened, but I just heard Travis start laughing. And I told him, it's okay. You got 11 more of those things on there. You're not going to have any problems. And then 
Hit one more, said, no problem, we've got 10 more. How important is it to be autonomous and using semi-autonomy during your run? Um, in this competition, pretty important. It was 250 points, so with the mass of our robot, we really needed those semi-autonomy points to kind of bring our score back up there. So, have you heard uh, what your score is for no, this round? not our final score. Your final score for this second round, 994. <gasps> Yes, 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 yes. 994, how does that make you feel? So good, so good. It did what it came here to do, and so did we. So that we're very, very pleased with that. Not all schools were as fortunate as John Brown. Many schools didn't even get their robots moving. Unfortunately, communication issues were the biggest setback for many of these teams, including the University of Illinois, who came in third place in their systems engineering paper. Jordan. Second run. Second run. What, yep. what, what went wrong? It looks like we had some connectivity issues again when we actually set it up the first time. Uh, we powered it up in the sandbox. We got connected just fine. And we wanted to do a restart just in case. When we restarted, we couldn't get connected when the, the actual round started. We got connected in about the last minute, minute and a half. And we actually got to roll a little bit forward. Mm -hmm. um, but then it looks like we were having uh, some issues with the torque on our motors. We were tinkering with those settings before we got in there and uh, just didn't have enough time to get it calibrated cor correctly. It's, it's tough to come this far and not be able to, you know, collect any regolith in right. place. But is your school looking forward to coming back next year? We'll be back. This is our second year here. Last year we actually didn't even get on regolith. So this year we're moving a step forward. We got on regolith and we made one small inch. Next year we're going to take a leap. Before I pass out, uh, here. What actually am I wearing and what is its purpose? Well, you're wearing a directional antenna that we've been using to find teams in pits that are on that shouldn't be because the teams in the arena use channel 1 or channel 11 okay. and we need to make sure that they are the only teams on those channels because otherwise there could be interference. And so I'm seeing our network here on here. We're obviously not causing any problems. No, no, okay. no. The, the, there's certain networks that we are approved to be on those channels, but that will not interfere with the teams. Uh, gotcha. It's just well, other teams that are in their pits that are that cause the problem. Now, I, I have a question about this. Uh, okay. Now, do you, do you use this at home? I mean, can you pick <laughs> up direct TV? <laughs> no, I'm, no, not, not quite. The teams from Columbia this year were the most impressive to watch outside of the arena. This year, the second place position for Team Spirit went to NASA Edge's favorite mascot. Hello, we came from Colombia. We are the best team that is here in this competition. We are 22 and uh, we worked really hard with our robot. Cantando, cantando, yo viviré Colombia, tierra querida. Hey, hey, look at that, hey. <laughs> hey, it's Bender. That's, That's their mascot. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> now, why isn't the mascot in the control room uh, operating the rover? Because they want to win. <laughs> <laughs> We're the Regolith Raiders from the Milwaukee School of Engineering. This is our second year as a school competing here, and the first year for all of us. The teams were allowed to attempt two runs in the Lunar Arena. Final scores for the money prize were based on an average of the two runs. Milwaukee School of Engineering was one of the few teams to collect 10 kilograms of regolith during both rounds and ended up coming in third place in the mining competition. And just behind us, we had the uh, team from uh, Milwaukee School of Engineering uh, giving give their, their signs saying hello to the camera. We call that mugging the yes. camera. <laughs> you guys are one of the teams that actually uh, did well in the first round. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to in the second round? Uh, we're so looking for a repeat. We're trying to just do the same thing. and uh, Be consistent. 
Yeah, consistency is uh, number one. We wanted to make sure that we filled up the buckets as much as possible uh, because when we did our runs before, we didn't have them filled the full capacity every run. So we're going to try to improve on that. Would you make sure you have a steady run uh, for the second round or would you go all out? I don't know if you can see the screens, Chris, but it looks like they're going all out. <laughs> I don't think there's any any doubt. Both teams are very uh, aggressive with their approach. Um, you know what Milwaukee School of Engineering saying right now? What's that? Game on. Yes, they That's are. What they're saying they're saying game on. You guys had a a, a strategy. Um, what was the strategy? I, I know what it looked like to me, but I want to hear you tell me what it is. Well, uh, our goal was to just go fast, collect as much as we could, and then get back and bump and dump and. Go and do it again. You like bump the bin and dump? Yep, bump and dump it. Bump and dump it. That's exactly what it looked like. You guys went in, <laughs> you know, you, you dug, you turned around. It was like it was it was like running back and forth. It was like putting out a fire. You're getting water dumping. You're getting water dumping. Yep, the goal was to be able to handle it in two runs, but uh, obviously we got way more than that in. The grand prize for the Luna Box Mining Competition is the Joe Cosmo Award for Excellence, which takes into account all aspects of the competition. West Virginia's robot was a beast. It came to collect Lunar Simulant and did very well earning the third place spot for the grand prize. What are you going to do in the second round that was different from the first round? Okay. Well, we have a little bit of a different strategy going into a mining. We plan on kind of going in in an L shape and mining from left to right instead of front to back. And then that way we break up the regolith as we're moving forward and backwards and then we mine up that regolith so it makes it a little bit softer to mine. We're also going to try our semi-autonomy ah. and try to get a few more points in that area. Now in terms of regolith points, you blew away the field in the first round. The mass of your excavator is pretty high, so are you looking to maybe double the amount of points you get for the, for the regular? Yes, well, we, we do come from West Virginia University, and <laughs> uh, we have a tradition or a um, you know legacy that we, we uphold there, and, and uh, you, as you know, West Virginia is a mining state, right. and we came to mine, <laughs> and uh, that's, that's what we're going to do. So our goal is 200 kilograms. I was sitting there looking into the Lunar Arena and I was rooting you on because I knew you were going to get out of that area where you were stuck and make your way to the bins. Uh, what happened? We lost our uh, back left and front right wheel, so we only have the ones on the diagonal. And you know, if we, we don't have all four pulling, it's, it's pretty difficult to get the signal moving. You guys were loading up. Was that your plan, just to like fill it up and just go ahead and make one dump? Yes, sir. I mean, the, the competition this year really um, pushed teams to do a lot of design trade-off. And we sat around and we, we found a way to build a light bot and we found a way to build an autonomous bot. And we found a way to build a miner. And at the end of that meeting, we said, what do you guys want to do? And everyone uh, agreed we want to pull the most dirt up out of the ground. One of our returning favorites, Iowa State University, took away four prizes this year. They won first place in on-site mining, first place in efficient use of communications power, first place in the outreach project report, and second place in the Joe Cosmo Award for Excellence. Let me ask you something. Sure. If, if you were in Jim's shoes, the faculty advisor working with his team, would you play it safe, go for 10 kilograms, and uh, not try to overload your excavator, and at least get 10 in the hop? If, if I were in Jim's place right now, I'd be in the fetal position on the ground, <laughs> weeping and sobbing hysterically. Uh, it's a lot of pressure. I want to just say to all the teams out there been competing, and my heart goes out to all of them because we've been there, as you well know, uh, to work so hard and then come away empty-handed. I would tell all of them, take what you've learned here. Go back. Don't throw away your design just yet. I know a lot of teams talking about giving up on tracks and going on wheels. Our first year with the tracks, our first run, we didn't get 10 feet and we were dead. 
and and you're seeing what we're doing here now with with a maneuverability now i know that track systems yet still aren't probably the way to go into space but one of our missions so to speak is to take whatever system we work with and keep developing them until they're they are capable so they can work i mean i one of my most inspiring things i like to listen to is is john f kennedy's speech going to the moon he said we do these things not because they're easy we do them because they're hard mm. and, and we learn best by that so my encouragement to everybody is go out there understand the requirements do your testing uh, simulate the situations as best you can do the analysis, then build and test. Build and test and develop. That's what NASA does, and mm. you guys are great at it. I'm gonna take a few moments here just to say, I did pick you guys to win. Hey, <laughs> so, yeah, so, you did all so right. So finally, the, the co-host jinx is it's, not, it, it's, uh, it's over. I've now finally picked a winner. You got a good record start. We're gonna start here, Blair Allen's prognostication record is perfect starting from this year going forward, right? I'm immediately retiring from prognostication. <laughs> Our grand prize winner this year was the University of Alabama who walked away with the Golden Joe Cosmo Award for Excellence. The Crimson Tide also won first place in the slide presentation contest, first place in the Team Spirit Award, and second place in the on-site mining competition. This team has a modular approach. So their mobility platform is the same, and then they have two modules that they can put on top. And one module was heavier with a bucket wheel system, and the other module was lighter. And so originally they wanted to do one module in one round and the second module in the second round, but we informed them that they had to make a decision. And so now they've made the decision to go with a lighter version, which is a, a front and loader type of design. And it's going to be interesting. You, you can see that uh, mass gives you uh, extra points, but it also gives you less reaction force. So it's a problem digging when you're very light. Right. When we're watching the run, it looked like it took a, a little bit of time on that first scoop to get to the hopper, but then the second two were pretty quick. Well, we have sort of an onboard way of figuring out whether we're near 10 kilograms. Our wheels sweep around the edge of the robot from zero degrees to 90 degrees. And uh, when we fill up the bucket, um, we can put our wheels in a very particular position. And if our robot tilts forward, that's right at 10 kilograms. Oh, we so, saw that. <laughs> so I, that, all that's part of our operational plan. So we measure it, we see that it tips forward, and then we're ready to go dump. And really, we're interested in one 14 to 16 kilogram load. While Blair and I were watching your run, you, you made your dump, you turned around, and then you stopped. Blair was uh, was looking like, I don't know, what are they doing, you know? And I said to Blair, I said, I think they were trying to uh, uh, save their autonomy. Yes, that's exactly what we did. Uh, we attempted to do that on our first run as well. Our, our idea was to come across uh, with semi-autonomous, get over 10 kilograms, come back with semi-autonomous, and that would place us very high in the scores. Uh, it's not worth the second run to come back and get an additional uh, amount of regolith because the points just wouldn't be worth risking losing the uh, semi-autonomous points. Unfortunately, on the first run, we dumped some out when we hit a crater, and we had to, we had to actually make up for, for that, and we ended up losing our semi-autonomous points. But this time, we were able to get them uh, successfully. Is, is there some sort of super secret Caterpillar inter-office memo that suggests that you go and you find new employees from this crowd? I mean, are you doing some real recruiting work uh, here at the competition? 
Yeah, it's not super secret, but we are here uh, to, do, to look for that next generation of talent. I mean, just a great international crowd here today. CAT is global, so a lot of folks with experience already in automation and remote control, which is really what we're looking for. So we do have recruiters here today in the CAT test. Just how important is it in, from your company, autonomy and robotic technology? It's, it is very important to us because our mining equipment, for example, operates in harsh and remote environments. Our customers need to be successful in those environments. So having something that's autonomous can help uh, the miners be more safe. It can improve the efficiency of the mine. So automation is very key and it's part of our technology strategy moving forward. So when you're walking around and you're checking out these teams and obviously being impressed with what they're doing, do you ever want to like jump in there and, and get your hands dirty? Is that, is that, do you have to resist that temptation? Yeah, there were a couple times in the Luna pits where I did want to jump in there. It's so interesting. You <laughs> yeah. want to just tinker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's I mean, funny. Do you bring your tool belt with you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wasn't allowed to bring oh, well, okay, it. Yeah, okay, I had to yeah. leave it at home. Did you have opportunities like this? Oh, no. I mean, yeah, things have changed a lot. There is so much more opportunity today uh, for students to do unique and different things and compete and learn. And I, uh, I just, you know, people ask me, you know, they, you talk about our school system and, it, you know, they talk about the test scores and all that stuff and, and worry about the future of America. But if you come down and talk to any of these oh. students, I'm not worried about our future at all. Right. We got some of the best and the brightest. And uh, kids today are, they're excited about space. They're excited about uh, doing technical, challenging things. When we've seen students encounter difficulty or obstacles or challenges, we talk to them right after they've gone and the first thing they're doing is problem solving. Here's Absolutely. what we need to do to change. Here's how we can sure. overcome this. And that I always find encouraging. A failure is just an opportunity to learn. Yeah. You know, things go wrong. Well, then you learn from it and correct it and move on. And the true measure of a person is not the mistakes he makes or the failures that he's had. It's how you recover after that right. and what you go on to do. I'm also looking forward to the drag race. That ought to be a blast. <laughs> now, we've heard that's a rumor, so if that happens, we hope we can get some of that on camera. We don't know, but we'll certainly try. Well, there's about 20 teams that I saw that were signed up in there, so <laughs> hopefully, you know. And they seem to be enthusiastic about that as well, but that's kind of a corollary to the, the actual activities here. But it shows that they are still actively interested and they have a lot of enthusiasm. And there's a lot of team spirit. That's the important thing, too. They jump. They jump. We noticed a little violation in the competition. Not Wally, that's fine. Look behind there. Someone put a notebook on a cart and thinks that qualifies as a Lunabot. <laughs> I don't think uh, the rules uh, account for that. Uh, would that fly in the Lunarina? I think that was probably a business major. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, great to have you, great competition. It's just been a fantastic week. Thanks so much for having us. We love working with you and the whole Lunabotics team. Hopefully we'll come back next year and we'll see a, a great field uh, of competitors and a lot more regolith being mined. Well, all week long I've been saying the prime directive is we want the students to have a good experience. Mm. And that's been our, our really our guiding principle through the whole competition. We want the students to really have a good experience and then decide that, hey, maybe this uh, STEM stuff, maybe this engineering, there's something to it, we enjoy it. Maybe this is what I want to do for the rest of my life.